You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. So today we're talking a lot about entrepreneurship, right? And one of the biggest things uh, when you are becoming an entrepreneur, when you're building a platform, when you're building out something that you're trying to protect is making sure that you're protecting it in the right way. And we often talk about intellectual property and trying to ensure that the intellectual property that's developed by you is actually owned by you. So one of the things that I want to discuss today is a lot of individuals who create businesses, they develop apps or some sort of software platform that they want to utilize in order to um, in order to facilitate the giving of their product or service. And oftentimes we don't build that app from scratch or we don't build that software from scratch. We hire developers in order to in order to build it because they know how to code. They know how to do that a lot better than we do, right? Absolutely. So the biggest issue with that is what are you putting in your contract to make sure that you actually own that source code? So the source code is is the back end. It's actually the meat of the program. It's the list of commands and demands that allow the app to function in the way that it's supposed to function. And so a lot of times when individuals will uh, develop or are going to developers in order to get these apps or this software built out, they're entering into contracts. And the contract will say something like, Everything that's being uh, that's being provided under this contract is quote unquote a work made for hire, and so that's a term of art that's used, basically saying that the um, the work that's being developed applies for copyright protection, and because I'm hiring you as an independent contractor and I'm paying you, it is deemed a work made for hire, so I own all of the rights to that uh, to that copyright once I finish paying you. The issue is that the law is not really settled on whether or not source code, and that's the again the back end for this for the software for the app. The the law is not settled on whether source code actually qualifies for copyright protection under the work made for hire um, status. So what that means is if you are writing in a contract that this is deemed a work made for hire and it is not legally able to be protected as such or to be classified as such, then that is a completely irrelevant and unenforceable statute or sorry, not statute clause within your contract. So what you may be doing is paying somebody for something and not even having the full rights of ownership in that once you're done paying for it. So let me get this straight. If I, let's say I am, um, who can I use? All right, so we had Soul Jar. Uh, founder on last week mm -hmm. and she has a really great website and I'm sure she's going to come up with a mobile app. Let's say she hires right. a developer to kind of streamline the ordering process for her delivery of, of salad jars. Right. Now, let's say during this process she comes up with this really unique idea as she's working with the developer to separate herself from other um, delivery platforms. Right. Now, the de developer puts this together. Now, the idea was hers, and she worked with him to mm -hmm. code it on, on right. the back end. So once he does this, and he's finished with this project, are you telling me that her unique idea isn't owned by her, and he can go and build that app for someone else? So you have to separate the idea from the functionality of the app, right? So what is at question in the actual protection piece is the way that the app functions, the exact way that the commands are built into the app that allows it to operate in the way that it's supposed to operate. So 
at the end of the day, you have an idea, you, that idea is, can be protected um, under different intellectual property rights, right? But it's not, you can't copyright an idea. So that's not the, um, the end all be all. So when you're looking at the app that's actually built out, you have to take into, into consideration um, the, those differences though. So the, the, rather than putting in the contract that it's a work made for hire, uh, you, you can still do that because, again, the law is not settled. There have been courts that have, uh, that in certain cases have stated that it is protectable, but it's mostly because it's either a compilation or it's an addition to an overall work. And that, that's what has allowed it to be seen, deemed as um, being able to be protected as a work made for hire under the, uh, under the copyright laws. But what you want to do within your contracts is you want to have a, a default or, or a fallback provision and say, something to the effect of any instance that anything, any work produced under this contract is not able to be um, deemed a work made for hire, then you automatically assign all of those rights in whatever deliverable, whatever work product you create to me without uh, uh, royalty free, um, irrevocable, uh, I keep it forever. So it's, it's default language that allows you to kind of get over that hump of if, if you were to have to take this person to court, having the court to decide, because again, there, there is no settled law, having the, having the court decide whether or not you have the legal rights of ownership to that source code based on your belief that it is a copyright, uh, it is copyright, copyrightable material that's eligible to be deemed as a work made for hire. Is there any instances where it just, it's not even worth the fight? So with technology changing so much right. and there are geniuses being born every day. Some of these right. things just aren't original. So is there ever a time where I should just be like, who cares and um, just not really enforce the fact that I, can, I own something like that? No, you, if, if the language in your contract is, is buttoned up and it's airtight and you have a brand that you are trying to protect, then you should always fight for that, always, because at the end of the day, it's it's not necessarily who goes to market first. It's who does it most efficiently, right? Right. Lyft, w Lyft was before Uber. Sidecar was before Uber, but Uber was the most efficient platform that came to market. So you never want to allow someone the opportunity to take what you, to take your brainchild uh, mixed with their coding expertise and market that in a separate in, in a separate arena. So you always want to make sure that your contracts are are written in such a way to where there isn't any wasted language. Everything that's in there is enforceable. And if, and if you know that it's enforceable and you're working with someone who um, has knowledge of what can and cannot be enforced, then you definitely want to at least uh, make the, the initial efforts to protect that in any way that you can. I think that that is, I mean, I didn't even think about that. You know, um, the example of using Lyft and Uber, I had no idea that Lyft was first because Uber does it so well. Yeah, and, um, and, and people don't even remember Sidecar. I don't, I don't even know, like, yeah, <laughs> what is Sidecar? Yeah, so that is very true. So, so that goes to show no matter where you are in your, um, your business, even if it's not, if it hasn't completely blown up, it's very important to protect it because somebody like Uber will come and perfect it and maybe you can just get on their bandwagon right. and get a little right. money while they're going about 
you know, increasing your idea. Definitely. So and, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, and and um, and we have uh, later on the show, you're going to be talking about uh, coaching, and, and and it's important to understand that you have to have good people around you, right? So you have to have good business coaches, you have to have a good accountant, a good attorney, um, and you have to allow all of them to do what they do, so that in so that the totality of your business is protected from people who who may be leeches and who may come in and try to steal your idea. Once again, this has been Legally Binding brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.